Time now for our weekly political panel. This week we are joined by our Deputy Political Editor Craig McCulloch and Stuff Political Reporter Thomas Manch. Good morning to you both. Good morning. morning. Now, three waters, uh, well, there's no longer to be. The legislation has been uh, put into Parliament. Uh, Thomas, what did we make of this? A lot of focus on what is going to replace it, although that hasn't quite been finalised. No, there's some definition, but it's it's not um, it's not entire yet, you know. Um, Really what we've seen is, is uh, a bit of a shift in language from Simeon Brown. He's now shifting the onus onto councils quite heavily, saying you wanted this, this is what you've got, you know, we've, we've repealed it. Um, it's now onto you to produce new sort of uh, council-controlled entities that will, will occur in, inside this new structure that we're yet to produce. Sounds great in theory if every, if every council plays by the rules, but you see you're going to get, we are going to get councils which are struggling that nobody wants and the other councils aren't going to merge with them. And what, what happens with them? Well, exactly. I mean, you know, I think Buller District Mayor, you, you spoke to him on the show earlier this week. He, had a really, he was a really compelling example. He says three of us, three of us um, West Coast councils, we can't, we can't produce the economy of scale. If, if they can't provide financially sustainable plans, Brown says, look, we've got, we'll have regulatory backstops. He won't rule out things like you know, compelling the councils to merge. So, it, you know, there'll be a lot of a lot of uh, sort of angst to go. And how do you think this is being handled so far, Craig? It's an, uh, there's a big risk here, but I do think that most of the risk does land on the councils. Most of those councils, or many of those councils, wanted the control back. The government has effectively said, sure, you, you can have that, but you get the responsibility back too, and you get the bill, you, you potentially get the, the blame as well. So th- there isn't that financial support to set up new entities. There'd been some suggestion maybe that there might be some. It doesn't look like that's the case. There's no underwriting like many of the mayors had called for. And and everyone now, there is this expectation, I guess, that the rates are going to jump. And in some cases, considerably, the government will be hoping. It's a clear strategy, I think, that, that those big rate rises will be blamed on the councils and not the government. Well, there's one irony in all of this in that the government has been very keen to say that they want councils to be in control. It's about localism. Just not Auckland when it comes to transport, <laughs> because because Simeon Brown and, and Wayne Brown seem you know well I'm sure it's not that bad but they do seem a little bit at odds over over that. There, there has been a, a well yeah, you just need to listen to the, to the language coming out of of both of those individuals. Simeon Brown keeps saying they've got a great relationship, um, but it doesn't seem to be the case. There's a lot of butting heads. There's also this dispute over the regional fuel tax, of course, too, with the the roading project projects that the government wants to see done, and and Simeon Brown vaguely. Th- threatening that he's going to legislate there. So actually there's something of a contradiction where he's talking about yeah, allowing more <coughs> excuse me, allowing more freedom and control in, in the water reform space, but then threatening to take it away in other areas. Polling out this week, uh, Thomas, uh, we haven't had a poll for a while. We've got a Taxpayers Union Curia poll. Uh, and I guess the big feature of that was the jump in support for ACT, which in the polling was what, from a sort of early Feb through to the, just around Waitangi Day? Mm. Yeah, I, I compared this to the election result, um, and, and it sort of seems like ACT is having the honeymoon period um, for, the, for the coalition government, which is something of a su- surprise considering the controversy around, you know, ACT's treaty principles um, policy. But, um, yeah, unsure if it's about that or if it's more about, um, you know, a, li- a little bit of disenchantment about how nationals um, tracked in the last few months. I, I, I wasn't all that surprised by X bump I think that the party has had an enormous amount of coverage recently. <clears throat> there's been this huge focus, like you say, on that treaty principles bill. I, I think the fact that there's been such strong opposition to it is almost by the by from X perspective, that's a good thing. It's allowed David Seymour 
all this time to make his case, to speak to his support base, to those sympathetic to the course, to the cause. And, you know, look, it is only one poll and, and we'll want to see a bit more. But National was up as well. You know, they were up 2.6 points. Um, I, 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 I think it suggests voters are, are generally happy with the coalition's direction. They voted them in. They're giving them a chance to, to deliver on what they said they would. The uh, In terms of the opposition then, yeah. uh, where did we see the Greens and Labour land? Because there's an interesting space and attention when we think of Chloe Swarbrick sort of signalling she's out for a much bigger slice of the left vote than just sort of traditional Green Party section. Yeah, the opposite story for the opposition moving backwards. The Greens having a big drop there. I'm just trying to look at the number. I think about almost five points down to 9%. So, I mean, that's not much of a surprise either, I guess, given they, they just have lost a co-leader and they separately lost an MP during um, the, the the alleged shoplifting scandal. I think Labour in particular will be a little bit worried about its stagnation, the fact that it isn't moving anywhere. I think we heard this week Chris Hipkins describe it um, as an aberration and, and talked about... Um, his internal polling, which you know, always take a little bit with a <laughs> yeah. grain of salt. Um, but 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 you know, what actually was more interesting was his follow up claim, which was that Labour's internal polling doesn't show all that much difference from election night, which is hardly a ringing endorsement of Labour's performance. I've, for my sins, I've been watching quite a bit of Question Time over the last this week, and um, it's quite a robust. It's quite a robust mm. question time, and Jerry Brownie certainly has an interesting style, brings a bit of humour to it as well. But the opposition certainly engaged and energised in the House, but they're not really getting the oxygen outside of it. Well, I think they're, they're sort of stridently defending their, their legacy as, it, as it's mm. torn up in front of them, you know. Um, so, And they've, they've got, you know, um, some fairly firm cases to make in the House because because it's, it's policy that they had worked on. But, I mean, they probably understand that, and there's not much interest in the public for that right now because, I mean, that's why they were voted out. Just finally, uh, Thomas, perhaps uh, the Greens' Chloe Swarbrick uh, isn't running uncontested. There's a uh, – is it – well, I'm not quite sure the name, but there's someone from outside the – Alex – Outside the, Fuchs, the MPs yeah, yeah. who is running, but that's probably more of a sort of a – He's not going to – I don't know what you describe thing, it, isn't it? I mean, he says he, he says he doesn't want it to be a coronation of Swarbrick and that there needs to be a contest. I mean, realistically, it's a coronation, let's be honest. Mm. All right, we're going to leave it there, but thank you very much uh, for that, both of you. That is Stuff Political reporter Thomas Manch and also Deputy Political Editor Craig McCulloch.